Hey, welcome to Radio DePaul Sports. The student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. This is sports you've never heard of. I'm Jacob Ellis. And I'm Trenton Cito. And we have a very special guest today with us. It is the man, the myth, the legend, Abbas Dahadwala. What's up, y'all? I'm back. Uh, great to be here uh, in person, in the studio. No, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, I flew in, in our just dream. for this occasion. <laughs> I flew in from the suburbs. <laughs> in your private jet. Yeah, in my in my private helicopter, actually. Oh yeah, just just landed on the I roof. Just, I dropped down right in, right in front of the DePaul Center. <laughs> right on the tracks. <laughs> there was a, a little bit of a delay for you know everything around in the Chicago area because you were coming in, so they had to they had all the security. You know, they rolled out the red carpet for you, but uh, I had to we're... call in the National Guard. They were scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, we a random dude jumps out of the helicopter <laughs> without a parachute. No, you heard about this? <laughs> without a parachute, you just magically floated down. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, Jedi. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> Jedi jump. Can I learn this power? <laughs> That's right, Trenton. That's right. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, we are happy to have you on here. This is the first time that you're going to be on here. And we remember you being so excited when we uh, were pitching this idea. So we are so, so happy to finally have you on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought I did come on once last year just randomly. No, you used to a lot of times show up and you'd be outside. And I think once you just walked in and said hi on like while we were on the air or something. <laughs> oh, amazing. Amazing. Because I do think one night I was there um, and we had the we had somebody coming in to fix something. Oh, yeah, that's right. Recording. Maybe that's what I, I mean. Look, that was like 18 years ago. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was early 2020. That was a that was another generation. Yeah, it was a. A lifetime ago now we all have grandkids by now but um should we start talking we... about our grandkids oh do you do you well, uh do you want to humble brag about your grandkids um they're all screw-ups so i can't oh, really no. brag about them. <laughs> 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 yeah you know how it is every day a new historical event they're you know a little messed up <laughs> yeah i i got you they're, they're buried in their devices i they for some reason, they seem to think they're turtles. Oh. So, um, it, it's a it's it's an adventure. <laughs> do you do you remember when we were kids? You know, back in the day, we had our games on computer. You know, browser games, and none of this stuff on smartphones and tablets and whatnot. You know, what what did you guys play back in the day? I remember back when the only game system we actually had other than the computer was an old PlayStation I would try to play Frogger on, but I couldn't work. Uh, I actually had the one, this is another tangent, we had the one where it used to be if you want to do a racing game, they gave you a whole wheel and the pedals, so it would be like, woo, and now it's like an add-on that costs like $1,000 to any racing game, but that used to be, no, this is the only way you can play it, is if we give you this. But yeah, so most of the games I've played were on a computer. And last week we talked about 
all of those little games like Frizzle Frazz I used to play. But now it's just like the games where you went in and you talked to people. It was the original social media. It was the original VR chat. It was like, it was Club Penguin, the legendary game that defined the whole generation's childhood and is now gone from us. That was a good one. Club Penguin was fun uh, while it lasted. Yeah, there's still private servers. So there's like people who basically illegally have private servers up and you can find them pretty easily. But it's not the same because there's not as much people on them because only weird people who are still trying to keep a hold of that little spork they still have left go on to it. And like you can't do any of the special stuff they used to do like around the year and you can't like complain about the kids who would pay a ton of money and just have the nicest ear gloops. I hated those kids. I had the basic one. I had the basic puffle. His name was Jerry and I loved him, but Jerry died when I forgot about him. Man, thoughts and prayers for Jerry. Well, I had like 15 accounts because I could only keep remembering an account for like a month. And then it was just like, what was my account again? So I always had to restore it while there was people who I know who still are like, this was my account. And they still remember the like whatever, everything. Back in the day when we didn't have that amazing save password feature. Save password like, saves me like so much. Forget password feature. The forget password feature back in the day was awful. Maybe because I was just stupid and, and child. <laughs> but like I, I would like I'd be sitting there for like an hour trying to figure out how to recover a password. Well, I would just store a new account because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, all that process, you all that progress, excuse me, that you made is just it's just gone. Well, it's gone for everyone now because he deleted it. So I feel good about myself now. Like that, there were people who put in time and it's almost wasted. I feel like all the time I put into those games was in the long run wasted. But while I was doing it, while I was playing the game, that was a good time. That was a good I time. I actually don't think it was. You know what? I take back that statement because you know what? It developed interpersonal skills. And then, yeah, that was important. So you could learn because now we use all these other social media. It was the beginning step to now like sharing your thoughts to tons of people you don't know was originally you were playing club penguin and saying to some random kid on the internet you're pee pee poop poop head and then this is where we are now <laughs> it's like dude like uh i think i used to do uh runescape back in the day uh i don't know I that one was it like early mid 2000s um and uh it taught me how to fish <laughs> <laughs> I, I also learned how to use a pickaxe. So yeah. uh, really developing some of those uh, those fine motor skills really helped in the long run. Well, yeah. And then there was, well, because there was like a million knockoffs of Club Pinwin. And then I just, the one I fondly remember was Pirates of the Caribbean. There was a Pirates of the Caribbean one for a short time, which was like crazy expansive. Like I think of it now, maybe I'm overestimating my head, but it was like, that had to be one of the biggest open world maps ever created because they had like the whole Caribbean and you would just make your own pirate ship and go have a band of pirates with your friends. And it was crazy. They never do tie-ins like that anymore with the movies. The, the only thing I remember about that game is that you had to pay 
you could like pay to get better or something like that. There was like something it was like it was like a loot box type of thing where it's like you needed to put money into it uh, in case unless I'm remembering wrong, uh, because I think like and, and this is like this is a really long time ago. Uh, but like, I think we, or I guess I just never ended up doing it because you had to pay. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Well, I know that because that one was controlled by Disney and then a different Disney one was like that Toontown or Toonville or whatever it was. And that one, it was like, you could only access a small area of the map if you didn't pay. And then you had to pay it to access all of the map. So that one, I quit after like a couple of times. Trenton, why are you silent on this subject? Um, because I have never played these, actually. A single one? Not that I can remember. I might have forgotten, but I was I was never really one for these these online social MMO games. I was uh I I played Command and Conquer. <laughs> that was <laughs> That was possibly made before my time. (laughs) Well, okay. So the only one I know that still exists is Pop Tropica. And I know it because last year, while I was at the station, I randomly got an ad for Pop Tropica while I was on some website. And then when I mentioned this to the people around me, half of them immediately logged on and started playing Pop Tropica. (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 you know, I vaguely remember being there for that uh, because I think I actually ended up continuing playing that for a bit, but then I stopped. Uh, but like, God, that game was amazing. Well, it was so complicated because it had islands and each island was unique. Yeah. And so like you could do like literally, I'm, I think I should, I just think I should just make an account right now and figure out. This is going to be my side task doing this. I know they have it on the phone too now. That's they not as fun. Yeah. But it, it doesn't feel right. It feels like the type of game that uh, oh, when I was oh, in. Wow, it's really advanced. Okay, I should stop. During like the the, the, the study hall period or whatever. During I can't hear anything. And, and that would be like the thing. Everybody would be playing Pop Tropica. I think, uh, I think Jacob's having technical difficulties now that he... Uh, Started oh. on the the trend of Pop Tropica, so uh, it has it has taken over his computer. Pop yeah, it, is- no, literally, I started the Pop Tropica application, and it took over volume, and I couldn't hear anything else. Oh no, so this wasn't working, so I had to, I had to stop Pop Tropica because Pop Tropica is like I demand your full attention. We I don't care about our podcast. We we very we very narrowly avoided the takeover of all AI and technology in this world. That was the start. It was that was the pop, start. That was the whole plan, and I ruined it. But okay, enough of these games. I think we should talk about what we're really going to talk about today, which is an interesting sport that most of you know about. But you don't know about the version we're talking about. What is the sport we're talking about today, Trenton? Um, how would I know about it? Because this sport is real-life Quidditch. And sadly, I have never seen nor read Harry Potter. So this is a, this is a brand new environment for me. How much knowledge do you have of Harry Potter? 
Is he hairy? Well, he's got hair. Okay. Is he a potter? No. Oh. Well, there we go. Like, you seriously have no knowledge other than there's wizards and there's the sport of Quidditch. Well, there's I know there's wizards. I know there's a lot of movies. I know there's a lot of books. And uh, that's about it. Okay. So, a boss, I pretty much brought you because I couldn't... I just couldn't, like, fathom talking about this to someone who doesn't know anything about Harry Potter. And I'm under the understanding that you at least know something about Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I know my fair share about about Quidditch as a game and then, of course, Harry Potter as well. I, I'm still a little just amazed that Trenton doesn't. I mean, yeah, like... I feel Again. like you should bully him a little bit. Yeah, we can do it in the chat, too. <laughs> <laughs> no one in the podcast would know that we're just relentlessly making fun of him. <laughs> During a, a quick commercial break, uh, I'll just be ejected out of this Zoom meeting. It'll just be you two left. <laughs> That'll be pretty funny. Friend's trying to dip early. <laughs> <laughs> I know your tricks, Trenton. <laughs> what is it? Okay. What is it that that Charlie usually usually does in a meeting? He'll be like, "Oh, hold on, I got something else for you," and then he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot once, that, that. That's amazing. <laughs> for once, I'm the one trying to get on track. So. <laughs> So Quidditch is that flying broomstick game from Harry Potter, but there was a real-life version, and no, they didn't create, like, jetpack broomsticks. It's on the ground, and it's a bunch of people playing the game as best you can without flying on broomsticks. So, uh, Trenton, since you have no knowledge, I put in a little information about Harry Potter, just in general. The first book came out in 1997. Uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And the movie came, came out in 2001. Both of those are slightly before your birthday. So you have no excuse for not seeing or reading this. Um, I, I was uh, not yet good at reading or writing or speaking. Or probably listening, to be fair. <laughs> but there's colors on the screen. You'll be like, wee! Colors! <laughs> so tell us about the origin of this game, though. The real-life Quidditch. Oh, yes. Well, Quidditch as a real sport was created in 2005 at Middlebury College in Vermont by Xander Mansell and Alex Benipe. And it wasn't until 2010 in which the first permanent Quidditch pitch was created at UCLA, thanks to a donation from Friends actor Matthew Perry. Yeah, I just had to include the part where it was like, I don't know why on Wikipedia, which is where I got this information. So I don't, I don't always use Wikipedia, but I use it for some information. And then I double check that's correct. I have no idea why they needed to specify that the Friends actor Matthew Perry was the reason there's a permanent Quidditch pitch today. But you can thank friends, I guess, and friends residuals for the quieter is one today. 
that's a that's a pretty good thing to have to their name, I think. Um, yeah. In 2007, that was the first World Cup of Quidditch, and it took place with Middlebury taking uh, the top team spot, which I guess one could expect given that it was it was created by them. It'd be a, a little embarrassing, I think, if they if they didn't dominate in it. Ever since then, up until 2014, there was a World Cup in the U.S. where collegiate and community teams would compete against each other. Yeah, so the Quidditch World Cup has never has actually always just been a U.S. Cup. There is like a Quidditch World Championships that is international, but as we discuss. I, I put later in the doc, but I'll just mention now. But as we found out, there's like 20 different governing bodies of Quidditch, it seems like, of real-life Quidditch, and they can't decide who's in charge and who's not. So there's different Wood Championships, Wood Cups, National Championships, Regional Championships. So it's impossible to really know who's the best at one time. But for its popularity, it is, it is spread from the USA, Canada, Australia, UK, France, a bunch of other countries in Europe, Mexico, Argentina, Brazil, uh, Malaysia, China, Uganda, the Philippines, New Zealand, and Vietnam. So it's already international, and it only exists in 2005. That's pretty fast, considering some of the other sports we talk about. I do have one question. Isn't isn't the author for, for the Harry Potter books, isn't she British? Yes, and it takes the books take place in Britain. So good and, job. You get a gold star. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but, but but the US was the first one to have it as a sport. That's interesting. Because there's more nerds in the US. So there's more people who are just like into it. Okay. I see. I'll um, I'll, ex- I, I'll I accept like, that explanation. Um, the books maybe were more popular in the US than in the UK? I don't actually know. I just know yeah. I I've been to you explanation more though. Yeah, there's a lot of noise. Crazier. Well, you know, like the Queen, and there's more people who are obsessed with like the the Queen of England in the U.S. than there are in England. In Britain, <laughs> they're just like, okay, yeah, she's there. We're not gonna file because it's too much work. She can keep existing. There's more people who are obsessed, like, oh, it's the Queen, it's the Royals who live here. We're just like obsessed with their things and they're just like it's okay yeah that sounds that sounds that sounds right that sounds right so quidditch played in real life we should mention is usually referred to as real life quidditch sometimes it's called muggle quidditch trenton do you understand what that's a reference to no should i what's a muggle guess what a muggle is it's like when you snuggle in your blankets but you're covered in mud <laughs> so you think it's a version of Quidditch where you're snuggling in blankets covered in mud? Yes. No. Okay. So in Harry Potter books, a muggle is someone who can't do magic. So it's like their own slang tongue for being like, so they can be offensive to people. Like, look at those muggles. I, I was going to say that I feel pretty comfortable as a, a muggle, but uh, perhaps not. Well, well, you are a muggle, and so there you go. Unless you secretly have magic. Yeah, wait. What if not knowing about Harry Potter is his cover 
for being actually a wizard? Uh, I gotta go, y'all. How do we play this game? How do we even do it? Like, if we can't fly and we can't have the magic flying bulbs, how do you play real life Quidditch? High tech drones. No, actually, that would be cool if they did it with drones. I just realized that would have been way cooler if this came out, if they started it 10 years later and they tried to do it with drones. Probably more dangerous, but it would be Probably cool. more dangerous, yeah. No, what they do instead is, and so instead of flying, you just run around on the ground, but they put a, a broom between your legs, so you're <laughs> not allowed to run without the broom between your legs, so you can pretend you're flying. Going back to the, the show where we had Justina on for horse sports, isn't there also the, the horse sport where you're you've got like the the fake horse stick as well instead of like actual horses oh yeah she mentioned there's people who do that and i don't really understand that either (laughs) but yeah they put a broom and instead of having the uh the the flying balls so like instead of having the snitch which in if again if you don't know quidditch because you don't know harry potter movies the snitch is like how you win as you get the snitch. And it's like a flying sentient ball with golden wings. Instead of having a flying sentient ball with golden wings, it's just a guy who has a sock with a ball in it hanging out of his pants. And the people chase him around. And what's really funny is the, they don't have to stay on the field. So the two sequels who are trying to get this guy are chasing this guy around the stadium or the, whatever the complex so if you're watching it in the stands, at some point, the guy is just going to be running through the stands with a ball and a sock hanging out of his pants. Any thoughts, Trenton? Oh, my God. That, uh, that description <laughs> sounds absolutely fascinating. Um, I feel like I'd hate to be the person who's, who's uh, assigned to be the snitch because you're... you're well, actually, maybe you'd, you'd like to be that person. You just... You know, you flee the stadium, run out into the parking lot or something. Best thing is you got to be fast and have a lot of endurance because you got to be able to stay away from them. It's like the ultimate game of tag. Except kind of, yeah. If, except if you get tagged, you die. <laughs> <laughs> that is really interesting. That's really interesting. I got to say, though, um, I'm, I'm going off on the side here. Um, but uh, in relation to like, uh, like real Quidditch or normal Quidditch, whatever we want to call it. Um, I have a, I have a couple a couple things that really really grind my gears. Um, you can call a timeout whenever you want. There doesn't seem to be any like actual rule about timeouts in real Quidditch. So my thing is, if the other team is about to catch the snitch, wouldn't you just call a timeout? I didn't even know there were timeouts because in the movies, they never show timeouts. Yeah, I just remember in the books in one of the, I think in number four, there's like the, or no, maybe it was three. There's like the rain. So they're like, oh yeah, timeout. And then they like waterproof their goggles or something. So I'm confused by the whole, I'm not confused. I'm more annoyed by it than confused. But the whole timeout situation, I think it's, I think it's like a cheat. I think it's like cheating kind of. The timeouts. I really went off the side uh, here. Okay. It, it's just something that keeps coming back to me when I think about Quidditch. I'm like, yo, timeouts are really stupid in this game. 
in defense of J.K. Rowling writing this, I'm pretty sure this was supposed to be sort of like a side fun thing to every story. So she did not actually fully think it through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, for me, it's just like me as, as like a sports watcher, someone who likes sports a lot and loves seeing the flaws in different sports. Um Quidditch just it it really it it pisses me off sometimes. Well, what I don't understand is that there are sequels, like they were signed to catch the Gordon Snitch. Anyone's allowed to catch the Gordon Snitch though. If it gives you like a hundred points in real life Quidditch, it only gives you thirty. But in the movies and the books, it gives you a hundred points. Why doesn't everyone just go for the Snitch? It seems like a much better strategy. Also, like, there's three goalposts. Instead of having chasers, just have three people in front of the goalposts. So the other team is never going to score. And then what? You've still got four other people? One person can carry the bat to protect the three. And then the other three can look for the snitch. All you got to do is make sure they don't score more than, like, what? 10 to, tw- 10 to 14 times? Make sure they don't score 15 times and your three people have to be able to catch the snitch in that amount of time. Yeah. Well, then we're really just not talking about the fact that this is played out of school and it seems like a very dangerous game. <laughs> and they have, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, we're going to fall. I mean, to be fair, the one time it was like Harry Potter was falling off the thing, Dumbledore just was able to like save him with magic. But still, like he got that bad hand thing, I think in the second one. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was then, like and then in the sixth book, um somebody hits the bludger into his face at like point blank range, and he probably should have died then. Like, I mean, let's dude, you're you're in you're all the way up there. Somebody hits a ball in your face, you black out, you're falling. And they didn't say if anybody caught him or not. So it's like when they get back to the next chapter, um, I don't think anybody's alive. I think it's like an alternate reality where he's actually dead, right? Because, I mean, there's no way you're going to survive that, right? <laughs> so just question, now you're saying that you have a fan theory that at this point in, at, in the sixth novel, it just changes and never again is Harry alive. And that's where the story actually ends. It, it's just like an unconscious dream or something. <laughs> Everything that happens after that. <laughs> Till like the epilogue ends in in the seventh book, that's just his dream. <laughs> then he wakes up. He's just like, "Darn it! <laughs> I thought all this was real." <laughs> but no, no, I I do I know what you mean. It it is that that game is too dangerous. It 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 would be like playing hockey without pads, or like even I mean, playing football without pads. <laughs> I mean, again, they still have magic, and we just know that again they could always be saved as long as they have like. A teacher watching who can just go like blah 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 and then they're like saved and to <laughs> fall into a giant mattress but they never really they a lot of times they don't show the magic i don't know i just always feel like in harry potter and all and every, pretty much every movie with magic they don't use magic as often as they could and it could just be like instead of using the magic when they fall off the broom, they could just have like a force field trampoline thing at the bottom of the field. So if they fall, they're safe or they could put like balls around them. That makes them safe. Something like that. Even, even like the people in that book who, who like don't have money. I'm like, dude, you're like, your house is like literally a couple wood planks put together 
but you literally have magic. Like, if you want to make your wood house a little better, why would you not just, like, magic a tree and, like, sand the wood and make it, make it all perfect and make a house out of magic rather than having a house that looks like it's about to topple? I mean, yeah, um, in Harry Potter, there's no excuse for having, like... <laughs> I don't know, just like, it's basically like, you should live a better life. Everyone in the magic world should live a better life. Like, you can have food instantly, so you never have to worry about food. Like, I don't know, you can even make, like, clothes just appeal. So, like, that's another expense you don't have to worry about. There's those things where it was like a tent that was small, but then it's actually huge inside. You can just do that. You do that to your house. Make it like, make it like one room. And then you do that thing in the house and it's like 18 different rooms just like that. I mean, you can have like an upstairs, a downstairs. There's no like, there's no parameters for this. It's like such an easy way to just like, <laughs> pretty much you could make a little bit of money and then you could just go off and do that. And you don't have to deal with the wizard society. You can be like, I have this amazing place out in the middle of nowhere. I live on a farm. <laughs> yeah. In, in a shack, except once you go inside, it's not a shack. <laughs> I mean, it, it, this is the this. These are just facts right now. I'm sorry we really got off to the side, but I did have some flaws I needed to bring up. I mean, yeah, we can talk about flaws in the Harry Potter universe for a while. Trenton won't understand any of it, so I, I do feel a little bad for Trenton. I, I, Trenton, I feel like we kind of boxed you out of this. No, it's uh, it's incredibly entertaining because most of it I don't understand, and that's what makes it interesting. <laughs> okay so back to the actual topic of real life quidditch trenton since you haven't talked what about you tell us about some of the rules how does yeah. it work all right so this is uh as far as my understanding goes is that each match begins with six of the starting players excluding the seekers and they are along their starting line within their own keeper zone their brooms are on the ground and there are four balls lined in the center of the pitch. And then the head referee calls brooms up. And then the players grab their brooms and go and try and get the balls. And then at 17 minutes, the snitch goes onto the field and runs around. And the seekers are released at 18 minutes. And then at that point, the snitch loses all hope in life and flees. Wait, why does Snitch go out a minute before? Is it just like find a hiding spot? Uh, maybe find I think a... so. I think yeah. so. It's like if they went out at the same time, I'd just be like, "Yo, you're going down, man." It's going to be over in the next twenty seconds. <laughs> I get. Well, the thing is, you watch it. It's like the snitches are able to like stay away for a really long amount of time, and then there's also strategy because again. It's only worth 30 points, and each um, throw through a hoop is worth 10 points. So a team could tie it up in three. So at 17 minutes, it's probably over that. So there's some strategy where if you're down by more than three scores, you don't want to get the snitch yet because the game ends. So what you want it, so then you might try to protect the snitch from the other guy. But if you are also like, there also might be a situation where you're like, you are winning, but you're actually, I don't think there is a situation where you're winning where you wouldn't go for the snitch. Never mind on that one. But yeah. Unless you really want to humiliate the other team. Like you're up by like, you're up by like 15 scores or something. And you're like, dude, these guys suck. We don't want this. <laughs> we're just going to destroy them. <laughs> so 
just as like compare to the Harry Potter world, if you're only familiar with normal Quidditch, the ball they use is just like a deflated soccer ball so they could grip it and throw it. Tom Brady would love this. So there's usually, Trenton, you wouldn't know this, in Harry Potter, there's usually these balls called blungers in Quidditch, which just fly around and they're sentient, but they try to kill you, basically. So like there's these heavy balls that just try to hit you and they're flying around the pitch during Quidditch. Instead of that, they just have what the Beatles, who usually are just trying to like protect their team from those, the Beatles take dodgeballs and chuck them at people in this. And if you get hit by a dodgeball, you got to run back to your side and go back to the before you could play. So yeah, that adds a fun element. So basically, this is soccer, water polo with the throwing. Then there's like tag in it. And then there's like dodgeball in it. And then it's just like fun times riding on a broom. Those are the sports it combines. So not only is the snitch fearing for their life as they're fleeing from people trying to tackle them and grab them, but also everybody else is also fearing for their life as there's speakers or no, there's beaters that are trying to knock them out with dodgeballs. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> okay, so what are the stats? I only looked up the Quidditch World Cup because, which is really just the U.S. Cup, because that seems to be the most organized and it's been going on for the longest amount of time. Um, from 2008 to 2010, it was only college teams. Middlebury College, where it was invented, won four of them. Every other one was won by University of Texas, which won three of them. I don't know why mid. University of Texas. They're just everything's bigger in Texas. Apparently, Quidditch fandom is too. Uh, then there was two years where they only did club and Quidditch Club of Boston and Texas Calvary won. But in the last two cups they had in 2018, 2019, they did college and club. Texas Calvary won both of the clubs. University of Rochester won the college in 2018, and University of Texas won in 2019. So if you want to get that Quidditch scholarship, go to Middlebury College or University of Texas, apparently. I'm, I'm going to put out a, a guess here and say that University of Texas is, is good at this, or just Texas in general is, is good at this. because I'm pretty sure to... Texas Calvary is all the people who graduate who still want to do this. Yeah. And they just kept doing it. I feel like they're used to having, they're used to riding on horses, maybe. So they're like, oh, there's people a- don't ride on horses as much now in Texas. This is like <laughs> University of Texas is in um, I'm pretty sure it's in Austin, the main one. So they're not riding on horses in the middle of a major city. <laughs> <laughs> maybe then maybe they're just really big Red Dead Redemption Two fans. Oh, like me. The, are they like My horse named Cheeseburger or something? <laughs> I don't. I don't know my Lone Star history. <laughs> This is their way of like channeling it. <laughs> They're like, yeehaw! Wouldn't it be great if they were wore cowboy hats while they were playing Quidditch. Do they wear like robes when they're playing Quidditch? No, it's sad. They don't actually go full in on that. They're just wearing athletic gear, which I find sad. They should wear like robes. So when it's really official, they have like soccer like uniforms, but they don't wear like full on robes and go like, woo. Uh huh. Okay. Hmm. That seems like a real missed opportunity. But like at the same time, if you're playing in Texas and you're wearing robes, I, I think you might like burn 
off <laughs> trying to play in like that that Texas heat wearing robes like <laughs> oh no yeah, half of our team has disintegrated <laughs> <laughs> there uh was supposed to be a quidditch match today but um the players uh got thanos <laughs> by the heat <laughs> so i think we usually do controversy is there like is there a controversy to this sport i'm not sure there is a controversy to quidditch real life quidditch except for what we mentioned is they don't go as naughty as they can they can can wear robes i don't know they can just whip out wands every now and then and go walk spelliamus and then i don't know they could go maybe they could have everyone has owls and they start the game with like owls flying <laughs> they have to recapture new owls after each one <laughs> yeah <laughs> well they could train them like just come back <laughs> that's the team expense <laughs> the owls all flew away. <laughs> yeah i don't but, know uh, I feel like the controversy for me is that they're playing Quidditch in real life. Well, yeah, that they can't, they're not actually flying and everything. That's sad. <laughs> That'd be like, it'd be like playing Hunger Games in real life. It's like, no, 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 no. Not- I did that at my elementary school. We played a game of tag, but we did it around Hunger Games. I don't know who organized this, but just one day someone told me at lunch, hey, we're doing the Hunger Games. And I thought, oh no, I'm not prepared. but then i found out it was tag and then it was i got out to like at the end of the lunchroom right before we go out to recess we would be it would actually be we were in one part of the playground we could go to the other one people were lining up and they were quoting the hunger games and i thought what is going on and someone had just organized this and i don't know who it was and they were like we're doing the hunger games you try to tag people and then they're out and when we ended up doing it, it was so disorganized. It was just a bunch of people hitting each other and then running away. And there was no champion or anything. Uh, so, like, my question with that is when they told you that, was your first mindset like, all right, got to think about my survival skills. Which weapons am I better with? Uh, how can I get food? Uh, how am I going to, like, you know, personalize myself to the rich people so I can get, like, you know, a tribute or whatever? No, so at that point, I hadn't, because it happened like two weeks after the movie came out, the first movie, and I had never read the book, and I didn't see the movie yet. So I was like Trenton right then. And so I was really just confused because I didn't understand any of the references. And all I knew was like, it was like, what is this movie? Or like, what is this book about? It's like a game where kids kill each other. So I was just like... Kids are just going to start beating each other up. So I was really confused. And at some point, someone told me it's basically tag that we're doing. And I was like, oh, okay. Why can't we just play tag? Why do we got to add this spin on to it? Tag was too lame for you guys. So I guess like if you were in that position where you're at school and they say we're playing Hunger Games and it didn't end up being tag. It ended up being like legit Hunger Games, Hunger Games. Um what would your strategy have been? Okay, so this was a big... So this is an elementary school in, like, suburban California, and next to us is just this giant open space because unlike in Chicago, they haven't developed a lot of California, and it's just a lot more wild. So, like, there's a wild, like, basically just untamed land goes on for miles. I would have just walked out there and try to survive for a while because... They're going to try to kill each other off or just go out into the wilderness and be safe. 
I would have to deal with like rattlesnakes and deal, but I would be fine for a while. All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, that seems like that seems like a plan, especially if you were going in not knowing what was. Yeah, going. like everyone, if everyone else already had weapons and had trained for weeks and I just went like, wait, what are we doing today? <laughs> <laughs> that that one kid is unprepared for class. Uh, what? <laughs> What's the plan? When you show up to show and tell and you have nothing to show and tell. What do you do? I've been going full nerd this whole like uh, 45 minutes or whatever. So like, honestly, I feel like that situation, you could have called on Anakin, just been like, hey, man, uh, volunteers tribute. Uh, there's going to be a lot of kids there. Oh, no. I know that you're into it. <laughs> well, the thing was, it was only kids of all grade. And I'm pretty sure it was when we were in fourth or third grade. So it's sort of like I need to call in the fifth graders because <laughs> they got a <laughs> supreme advantage. And I knew some fifth graders, so it's just sort of like, do I ask them, hey, you go get them. And then as as the fifth graders come come marching down the hallway, you just hear the, the droid army march <laughs> orchestra someone, in the background. Someone made a droid army, yeah. <laughs> okay. I feel like we should get back to Harry Potter, the actual <laughs> thing we were talking about. Yeah, sorry, I take so, credit for that again. <laughs> Well, you mentioned Hunger Games, and I had a story about Hunger Games. <laughs> so there was a couple of other versions of real-life Quidditch. Um, one is called Corrigan Quidditch, which was invented about the same time as the one in Vermont, but it was invented by a crazy college professor in Georgia who was teaching a Harry Potter course and wanted to make his own version of Quidditch. So I can't remember everything. Trenton, correct me on what else we need. It's you don't have brooms. You just run around. You use frisbees instead of balls. The people watching can hit you. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if they can. I'm not sure if it's hitting you with dodgeballs or just like straight up smacking you as you run by. Oh, yeah. And then the keepers got uh, brooms that they like. So they smack the ball away with a giant broom or the frisbee. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because the goals are like much higher it's um it's 5 10 and 15 feet damn so you, you need your broom to just like swat at the frisbees going by yeah so this version i'm pretty sure is only played at this university in georgia nowhere else so you gotta go there if you want to play this crazy version a uh, different version there's wheelchair quidditch for people in wheelchairs so they can still play and it seems like a sport that totally works with that like sort of how basketball works totally well this works totally well and then there was kiddage quidditch for kids where they pretty much don't let you hit people which makes it not as fun i want to be able to hit the kids so so i got i gotta ask about this corrigan uh quidditch can you hit people with the brooms I'm pretty sure it's implied you definitely can't because it's like they're coming up with the frisbee. You just go like smack, get out of here. Okay. 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 But it's not like you can go running down the field. You have to stay near the thing. So you can't just keep hitting people with the broom. But like imagine you were just trying to hit a frisbee through a hoop and a guy just brings out broom and goes, whoop bam. Which is away. I don't know. For some reason, I don't know. When when y'all were younger, did you watch WWE? 
I feel like all no. young kids did that. No, uh, there was like that thing, that lumberjack thing, where there'd be a bunch of people around the ring, and if you get if they threw somebody out, they would like start beating the crap out of them. Uh, this this version of Quidditch seems like that mixed with jousting, since you can hit people with the brooms, uh, mixed with like ultimate frisbee. And yeah. honestly, honestly, I kind of like it. It seems like a big injury risk, but um. It seems like the type of thing you would see in like a cult meeting. Well, this is like, again, it was like around a college course. So there was some professor who was like, I'm going to get you guys to play real life Quidditch. And then he just kept changing the rules. So it was more entertaining for him. And then it became this mad sport, which has nothing to do with even real life Quidditch is very different from Quidditch in the movies and books but you can still see the link easily. This is almost an entirely different thing. Yeah. It, it's intriguing though. It's very intriguing. Yeah. I'm more, I'm honestly now more interested in doing this. I would definitely want to do, I mean, if we're going to the final decision, Trenton, boom, boom, you got to add sound effects. You, uh, you can provide the sound effects for us. <laughs> okay. The final decision. So if we're going to say the final decision, is it a sport? I would say real life Quidditch is a sport. You definitely have to have some skill and you all running around. It's a bit of a, but this Corrigan Quidditch is also a sport, but I'm way more interested in it because (laughs) it's way more of a, the game of a madman. And that's what I want to experience the game of a madman. I think it's definitely sport as well. Um, It's, it just seems very intense and a lot of physical activity and uh, attempting to survive endless waves of onslaught. Honestly, I don't think it's a, it, it, it's a sport, but I don't want to call it a sport. The, the, the whole snitch thing really just seems, I, I don't know. It's a sport, sure, but I, I share the same sentiment that the other version seems a lot better. Uh, just because it seems just, there, there just seems to be more going on. Well, I think the other person would be a lot harder to get like tournaments of and stuff because it would just be too crazy. Yeah. But I still think this version is like I would definitely be interested in if I if there was just like tournaments of this at Lincoln Park in Chicago, I would go down and watch it and I would like to play. I don't I would think I want to be the beetle. I want to throw dodgeballs at people. I would be very hesitant to play hesitant? Uh, both these versions. Uh, especially the the hardcore version. I'd no, very, I want to play the Corgan Quidditch. I want to be the guy with the broom, just smacking people. I, like, look, we, you know, Dissies in general, uh, we we're not the most durable folks, so uh, I'd rather not get hurt badly playing game. Like, I'd rather keep my bones intact uh, than you know get d- just wrecked playing this version of Quidditch. But yeah, if watching this version uh, would be very very entertaining and honestly being in the crowd would be entertaining until somebody else in the crowd turns on me and then i end up getting it like i I think this is like this just feels like like a full betrayal moment uh that being in the crowd (laughs) like at any second somebody might just you know turn around and start hitting you i don't know i don't know (laughs) or or you might be just standing there watching the action on the pitch and being like all right this is pretty cool and all of a sudden you look to your right and you hear screaming and and the snitch is being chased by three other people barreling towards you yeah because they yeah. go through this the stands and they're just like running through the stands running on chairs running on the the benches the bleachers okay but if you were gonna play it which position would you be 
honestly the beater probably i agree yeah, see i, I want to be the beetle yeah it, it would be it would be fun to just chuck a dodgeball at somebody like <laughs> what are they gonna do throw it back at you <laughs> like <laughs> that's like the first time you can get away with that <laughs> um quick quick side story one day in pe class in high school not high school actually no this was in in junior high um man we had a, a really strict gym teacher and he's like all right guys you guys are just gonna play dodgeball today and we're like oh cool and um there were a bunch of people just huddling in the corner of the gym um trying to hide from all the incoming dodgeballs and i'm like all right this is my chance i i don't have a cannon for an arm so i can't hit anybody else so i'm gonna aim for that group right there so i grab a dodgeball i start running i get a running start i start winding up the arm and i launch that dodgeball as hard as i possibly can towards that group unknowing that the gym teacher just happened to be walking by that group (laughs) and my dodgeball hits him square in the side of the head and he just he stops in his tracks, literally everybody in the gym stops. You know, nobody's throwing balls anymore. Nobody's picking anything up. They're all turning. They're staring at the gym teacher. And then they're turning in my direction to see where the ball came from. And I'm just beat red in the middle of the gym. Like, uh, and the gym teacher slowly turns around. We lock eyes. And I thought, I thought I was, I was gone. <laughs> Um, and he looked at me and then he pointed to the area where all the players who got, who got out in the game and he said, you're out. (laughs) And I go over there and, um, it's, it's the type of dodgeball where, you know, if you get hit by somebody and you go out and they get hit, you get to go back in. Yeah. I hit him with the dodgeball. (laughs) There's no way I can go back in. <laughs> going out. So I'm just sitting there as everybody's, you know, passing in and out of the area, and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. That's a good story. That's a really good story. <laughs> that reminds me of my own tangent with like a PE teacher. So in my sixth grade class, I mean, sixth grade at my middle school, it was a roller skating night where everyone went to a roller skating rink. And so, and there was a, for some reason, it was like a couple of teachers had to be chaperoned and this one PE teacher went, but he went because he wanted to go roller skating and he was in the middle and he was doing like tricks. Like he could go on one foot and spin around and everything. And I had never roller skated before. And I was going around trying to maintain my balance and at some point, he came along going backwards, just going as fast as he can. And he hit me right when I was struggling. And so I don't know how it's possible when he hit me on the back while going backwards. But somehow I landed on, I spun around in the air when he pushed me into the air and I landed on my butt. And so I just sort of, and then I was just like in massive pain because I went like, five feet in the air and then landed on like hard wood and i was just like so sad because the whole thing stopped around me the whole class sixth grade class and i'm just on the ground with like massive pain and they had to hobble me up 
sit me on a bench, like be like, are you okay? Where does it hurt? We got ice. And I didn't want to be like, I need ice on my butt. <laughs> so I was just like, I don't need ice. I just need to sit for a while. And the next day, it was a rainy day. So we were all in the gym at PE and I am just sitting at PE and I look over and he is there talking to some girls who are in like eighth grade. And he was like, so yesterday at roller skating night, I accidentally hit this kid straight on the butt. And he was just laughing about it. And then I was just like, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) And then he just died hysterically laughing and apologized. But it still hurt. And that's my story. Wow. (laughs) I feel your pain. All right. Um, Where did we leave off before? um, We were talking about what position would we play. And then you went off on a... Yeah, you start talking about dodgeball because we were talking about throwing dodgeball. <laughs> um, honestly, I liked being the one chased while playing tag, so I might <laughs> I might be the snitch actually. I mean, I think it'd be cool to run around, you know, run run through the crowd of spectators and do parkour over fences. Okay, so when we organize this in the middle of Chicago. You're going to do that, and you're just going to run around. They're going to be chasing you. All right. Cool, cool. Hide in the owl. (laughs) (laughs) Get the owl. Guys, I'm at Midway. Come get me. (laughs) (laughs) They'll never find me here. (laughs) Okay. I think we should end the show there. Abbas, thank you for coming on to our special Harry Potter show. Thank you for having me. It's it's been a good time. I uh, probably distracted y'all more than I actually helped out with the discourse, but um, I, I guess it is what it is, right? <laughs> he was actually, now I think of it, he was the only guest we've had on recently because our recent guests have kept us on track. He was the only one that got us off track more. <laughs> so in that case, he's a very special guest. Yeah, I, I, I think this show probably would have gone really well uh, if I wasn't here, because <laughs> I think we talked about Quidditch, the real game, or, or the game for like 25%. <laughs> and then like 50% was just me changing the subject. <laughs> <laughs> so I apologize for the uh, the editing difficulties that I've caused you. Uh, Trenton, good luck. <laughs> oh, no, we're, we're keeping this all in. This is quality content for the show. <laughs> okay next week we'll be doing variations on soccer so make sure to listen then you've been listening to sports you've never heard of i'm jacob ellis and i'm trenton cito here on radio depaul sports the student voice of your depaul blue demons